The Life, Love, and Leadership Podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I am Marissa Q. Payne. And I'm Dr. James Payne, and I'm super excited to have you back with us for another exciting episode of the Life, Love, and Leadership Podcast. If this is your first time listening, you are in for a treat. So buckle up and just get ready. A word of advice, you need a notebook for this podcast. Like, seriously, you're going to love it. So just go ahead and get your life, love and leadership notebook, because in between all the laughing, we tend to drop some real nuggets, tips, tools, resources you can use in life, love, and leadership. Um, So get your pen, get your notebook, or hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a single tidbit. So one thing that is a little different today is that we are recording remotely. Um, We're virtual today. So um, I am traveling and you are um, back in the home studio Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really actually funny, which, you know, that's not our normal um, approach. You know, even with um, COVID, we just waited till things were a little safer for us to be able to social distance with our magnificent audio engineer. Um, and so we delayed a little bit, but uh, we, we like to be, we like the energy of being live and in person. So, but we're giving this virtual thing a, a run for its money because I'm on the road and, you know, we didn't want to, we didn't want anybody to miss a single tidbit. So not a single tidbit, <laughs> not a single big idea, not a single what's on your mind, uh, the whole shebang. So uh, the show must go on. The show must go on. The show must go on. So tell us, what's the big idea for today? Well, today we'll be talking about how to have a successful relationship when both partners have a dominant type A personality. Uh, So Mm -hmm. you definitely want to stay tuned for that because that can be a challenge, a struggle, and a half plus some. What's a type A personality? Uh, it's the alpha personality. It's the uh, in charge personality. It's a dominant style personality where you're used to being in charge. You're used to being uh, the leader. And now you have to try to work in some semblance of uh, partnership in order to make a relationship uh, successful. And so it, it's hard for two alpha personalities to make it work, but it's possible. Uh, But it takes this thing called compromise. So we'll get involved in that in just a bit. Oh, I don't know anything about that. (laughs) You don't know anything about compromise is what you're saying? No, I don't know anything about type A dominant personalities. That'll be very (laughs) interesting. Why are you laughing? That's hilarious. That is hilarious because you know all about the dominant type A personalities. Uh, I think that's one of the challenges that took us a while to try to work through. Uh, And we still taking strides and steps and learning new things every single day on how to coexist uh, as two headstrong leaders. And uh, so it's an important topic to cover. Uh, But as always, before we dive into that, I got to know what's going on in that pretty little head of yours. What's on your mind today? Yeah. So, 
I am on the road and I've actually been doing quite a bit of traveling. So I'm I'm a little travel fatigued, to be honest. You can probably hear it in my voice. But um, I have some some like funny little stories, I think, about they're actually funny, but not funny. You know, um, I remember, you know, obviously as a kid. Um, hearing there's no place like home, there's no place like home, there's no place like home. But I I have to say, there's no place like home. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Okay. So it, it takes a, a few trips to, to bring you to that realization. And you know what? I, I also remember as a young adult, when I was early in my career, you know, working as an administrative assistant, you know, for like the fancy vice presidents and all of that, I wanted to know what it was like to do business travel. I just thought that was so sexy and fancy. And like, you know, you've made it when you get to travel on the company's dime. And, you know, ironically, the company's the company I'm traveling on is usually my dime, but <laughs> so it's a little different, you know, but even when I was in, you know, corporate and was traveling, um, it got overrated pretty quickly. Um, you know, and I mean, this year has been a little different cause I haven't been speaking, you know, as much as I normally do and things like that, but I did, you know, have the opportunity to, you know, speak this week. And it, it, actually it was amazing. The energy in the room was fantastic. I was with, um, you know, my coach at her breakthrough in business conference, which is just like no place like it on the planet for, um, faith-based leaders who, you know, are also entrepreneurs and CEOs. And it was just magnificent. So that part, you know, it felt good to be on the stage and to serve, you know, as the resident life coach. That was phenomenal. Like, I loved everything about that. However, <laughs> the bed, you know, is so uncomfortable, which that could be, we could have a whole episode on, you know, beds, right? Like getting to the bed um, that works for different partners. Like that's why they have, I guess, the sleep number bed. I've never seen one of those, but again, I love our bed. Like we've settled on a firm mattress. And um, so this bed was all soft and, you know, I'm sinking into it. So first of all, there was no good night's sleep. The walls are thin and you know, I'm pretty sure somebody was getting it in on top of my head. So there was like bed squeaking, you know, I could hear the neighbors, um, you know, so just like all the stuff. Um, so no good night's sleep. Of course you weren't next to me. So that's usually difficult. Um, let's see what else happened. I left my deodorant. Oh, wow. Well, you did make it to a Walgreens or someplace. No, because I knew I would be working literally from sunup to sundown because the conference goes like from 8 to 9 p.m. Um, And then there's usually like overflow. So I just Ubered. And so I just bought what they had at the little, you know, front desk thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Like. If you want your self-esteem to be attacked, leave your deodorant uh-huh. at home. It's <laughs> 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 <That was> terrible. <laughs> so in other words, you're going to need to shower before you hug me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it has 
you know, I'm, a, you know, we've been staying at home. And I think maybe that has something to do with it as well, because I've been in so much this year that being out is just like, mm-mm, there is there is no place like home. <laughs> wow. There's no place like home. So how what's it like when I'm gone? How is home? So um, I, I have to tap into uh, the what's on my mind piece, because oh. that is exactly what's on my mind. Uh, <laughs> what it's like when you're not here. And the, the biggest thing is uh, sleeping at night. Yeah. And so you grow so accustomed to sleeping next to your partner. Uh, and when you're in that empty bed, it's a little weird. And so just working through, like I have a whole system of strategies that I have to uh, get to, to try to go to sleep. So I, I try to read uh, until I get, you know, eye fatigue and then I try to go to sleep, but then it's, you're not there. So what's, you know, just kind of working through strategies on how to get some sleep. Did you say read till you get eye fatigue? <laughs> yes, yes. Read till I get eye fatigue and then try to get some sleep. Uh, whereas it's it's so much easier to sleep when you're home. So you know what uh, I thought was really adorable. So one of what we didn't get to talk a lot this week on the phone, um, mm-hmm. and so you asked me to call you in the morning before I started my day, which of course mm-hmm. I'm on a different time zone ahead of you, and mm-hmm. you're not an early riser. So I'm just like you know you're not going to be up. Um, But, you know, you were pretty emphatic that you wanted me to call you. So, um, you know, I think it was, I don't know if it was like maybe 5 a.m. your time or something like that, 5 or 6, which you usually are more like a 7.38 kind of (laughs) guy. So, but I remembered and I did call you and you Mm -hmm. picked up on the first ring. I was with like a clear, regular voice. You didn't even have No very white. No very (laughs) white voice. I was like shocked. And, you know, you were just like, I slept with the phone on my chest. I was just like, oh, my gosh, you poor, poor guy. <laughs> hey, man, my brother loves his wife. I mean, I don't know what else to say. And, uh, when you're not here, sleep don't come easy. <laughs> it is what it is. But you like you spend time with our daughter, right? Did you guys go out to eat? Yeah. So she, of course, is my uh, dinner companion. And so, you know, we um, we went out to eat quite a bit. Uh, and it was weird because I'm used to calling you. And like, hey, what's what do you think of a dinner? Um, and, you know, I was calling her like, hey, what's <laughs> what do you think for dinner? So me and my baby girl got to uh, hang out a lot this week and enjoy each other's company, break bread quite a bit and fellowship. It was amazing, but it's hard to get to sleep when, when my wife is not there. Yeah, got it. So just a little sappy what's on your mind today because we're apart, but... We'll be back together in no time. Yeah. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble. So there's a newer reality TV show out called Put a Ring on It, where essentially unmarried couples uh, date other people to determine whether or not they stay together or move on. 
and within each relationship, there is one partner who wants marriage now and the other that's not quite committed to taking that step right now in this moment. Uh, so nothing new to see here. Uh, we've all seen that movie before. Uh, but I kind of wanted to unpack with you and debate a little bit to see. Uh, so I see this as somewhat uh, as um, uh, manipulation, uh, if you will, uh, to kind of force someone to take an action that they may or may not be ready uh, to take. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm processing this as manipulation. I'm curious if you see that scenario uh, in the same vein, if by dating somebody else, it puts pressure on the person you're actually in relationship with to take a step uh, if that's actually a step you want that person to take. It, it, it just sounds and feels like manipulation. Interesting. Uh, well, yeah. who's being manipulated? The person you think is... So I, I think uh, the person who is less apt to want to take the marriage step in that particular uh, at that particular time is the person I see as the one who is potentially being manipulated because uh, let's face it, the whole premise behind dating someone else in that context uh, for this show is supposed to invoke some type of pressure and or jealousy or something in the uh, other partner that gets them to perhaps do something they're not necessarily really ready to do or to walk away from the relationship uh, and give up. Um, well, because I think it could be argued that it's manipulation to withhold the ultimate commitment if that's where the relationship was, you know, intended to go. If it was clear that that was the, you know, goal and that that was the belief system that the person was interested in. And the other party is refusing to make that commitment. Is that manipulation? I don't necessarily think that's manipulation. Um, surprise! I, surprise! <laughs> surprise! But, so it's the it's the advent of another person in the scenario uh, to try to um, exert that help pressure. them realize. <laughs> <laughs> Help them. So I say exert pressure. You say help them realize. No, because it's only pressure if you realize that you don't want to see your partner with another person. It Mm -hmm. it could mean you don't care. And so you're fine with that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't you're assuming that it will hurt the person's feelings or they won't like it, but they might not care. So. You know, is it and and I'm like, it's a free country. This goes back to the conversation that we had. And I'm super excited about we've got a a three part series coming up, you know, to talk about being mature and single and, you know, when marriage is the desired end and what that's like. But we talked about like relationship status. You know, are you single until you're married or are you single you know, until you're dating or until you're in a committed relationship. I say, right, that you're single until you're married because 
for the thing, very thing that you're talking about. Because if you're only single until you're dating or single until you're in a committed relationship, again, with the assumption that marriage is the end goal, this is not for those that are not interested in marriage, but you know, then you take yourself, quote unquote, off the market, out of the realm of possibility. And then, you know, six years later, you're still, quote unquote, off the market. And the person you're with is never making that ultimate commitment. Mm-hmm. And you've been, quote unquote, not single all this time. And now you are single again because you finally, you know, was like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. I need Mm -hmm. to transition. So I think it's an interesting way to, um, to, to, to confirm and, you know, quiet is kept. Like if we commit and we're in, we're committed to each other, we're monogamous or non-monogamous, you know, like we, we, we follow the rules. And if marriage is the end game, then we should, I'm not saying rush into it by any stretch, right? Because it's a whole bunch of stuff um, that needs to be discussed and there has to be a purpose for it and all of that. But, you know, I don't necessarily think it takes 12 years to figure it out. It was so funny, uh, too, on the show, because it's like a, a tale of. Uh, two cities with how, you know, the people were responding. Uh, So one of the guys was just like super hyper uh, upset. Like as soon as like it it was awkward because the dates would like come to their house to pick them up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the guys was like he was ready to come to blows the minute the guy showed up. But they uh, agreed to it. Right. They well, they agreed to the show. It was a kind of a twist that this was going to be one of the measures that you know they, they would determine uh, whether oh. or not they were a right fit for each other. So that was kind of a twist on them. They they didn't know they signed up for that specifically, <laughs> and uh, so the guy was ready to throw blows and jump. And then another guy, one of the other guys uh, who had been engaged before. Uh, was basically yeah, I'm definitely like, pretty sure you would have walked off the set like <laughs> that that would have been a deal breaker for you yeah you don't even want to know what I would have done but <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> one of the guys uh, basically was like you know okay that's fine I'm, I'm confident in, in myself and what I do for you what I bring to the table I have no worries and so wow. the, the girl was like so are there things that I should shouldn't do, you know, on his date, like trying to bait him and that sort of stuff. And he was like, you're an adult woman. I don't have to tell you what to do and not do. And uh, and so she was trying to break him down uh, from his confidence and his swag. And so while she's out on this date with this guy, uh, the guy basically tells her that, uh, okay, he's been engaged before. So he knows what uh, that level of commitment looks like. Perhaps he just does not want to be engaged to you. <laughs> and so, you know, some of the relationships were teetering. Uh, but yeah, it, it's an interesting dynamic for sure. Uh, when you try to put that lateral pressure on people and kind of put people into a box that say, uh, either you're going to do this or I'm going to consider doing something else. Um, well, it's funny that you say that. We've had this conversation a little bit before in our own marriage story. Um, were you manipulated? into proposing to me? 
Uh, no, I don't think I was manipulated into uh, proposing to you. I made a conscious decision uh, that I wanted to step up. I wanted to uh, be your husband. I wanted our forever uh, to be what we had always talked about it being. And so I just made what I deemed to be a, a mature decision and, and stepped up to to make the request. However, you didn't make that decision until I broke up with you. Uh, this is revisionist history. We not we, now we had not broken up. We hadn't all the way broken up. Uh, you expressed that you wanted more uh, uh, to have a mature relationship that you wanted to do uh, different, like you wanted a more mature relationship. And so I became a more mature person. Uh, but we hadn't broken up. I'm pretty sure I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. <laughs> so, I don't oh, so how. wait. So when you said that, you was breaking up? Oh, I was wow. Still, wait, I was still together. <laughs> Are we even married? I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. But no, I was not manipulated. Okay. So that, I mean, cause I feel like, you know, some people have to draw, they feel like women usually often, um, unless you're in a same sex relationship, you know, feel like they have to draw a line in the sand, you know, mm. um, which is again, this conversation, my goodness, right. Could go in so many different directions, but you get to a place where, you know, you feel like you have to draw a line in the sand that says, mm-hmm. okay, it's been, you know, X amount of time. You don't seem to be ready to make the permanent commitment. Um, and, you know, so, and I'm not willing to continue to act like we're, you know, married when we're not married. So, you know, yeah. I mean, if if you think, you know, a date is, or, you know, going out with somebody is, is manipulation, I think that's, I think that's a little strong. Hmm. Because, you know, we're free to move about the country. (laughs) Yeah, we're free to move about the country. And if we are playing by the premise that you're single until uh, you're married, which is what we uh, believe to be true, uh, then absolutely you have the the right to date and whatnot uh, until someone makes a decision that they want to take you off the market. Yeah. And I don't think that's saying, you know, you know, be deceiving in your relationship. You know, if you're in a committed relationship, you're in a committed relationship, right? Like you make agreements and and with your partner or whomever you're dating or what have you, like you're always sort of, um, it's whatever you guys have decided together. What I'm saying is like your actual legal relationship status, you know, to Mm -hmm. be clear, is still single. Like, you know, there is no divorce required. There's no legality required. Um, Unfortunately, you know, I was just talking with, um, you know, someone today who had been, you know, cohabitating um, for, you know, five years and um, found out her partner had been cheating. They were in a committed cohabitating relationship. Um, And she was heartbroken and she moved out, you know, um, pretty easy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that, she, you know, she didn't have to change her name. She didn't. And, you know, they're not. <laughs> I mean, it was just pretty easy, yeah. you know. 
um, which makes you single. Because when you actually make the marriage covenant commitment, it's not that easy to walk away, which is the whole one of the purposes and points of actually making the marriage commitment. Um, You know, uh, being in a committed relationship is one thing, but marriage is a different level of covenant. Yeah. Marriage is designed to, um, for permanence. And and so marriage is like crazy glue. It it is designed to stick. And if you peel whatever you have attached to that crazy glue, it's going to be messy, uh, getting it unattached because it's designed for permanence. So, yeah, I think we can, uh, we can definitely agree that, uh, perhaps is not manipulation. I, I, in the words of, uh, Barack Obama, uh, my thoughts on the matter uh, have um, they've elevated a bit. Oh. <laughs> uh, so perhaps it's not manipulation. Uh, perhaps it is just requiring something different for the step that you want deserving your life. Yeah, it's cute for TV. You know, we get to watch and judge their relationship and be like, oh, she shouldn't be with him. Oh, he, oh, he should leave. You know, like it's cute for TV, but. Yeah. Life, love, and leadership is real life, you know? Absolutely. And real life relationship, real life marriage is not TV, you know? So mm-hmm. if you got to go on a show to decide if you should put a ring on it or not, I'm going to say not. <laughs> 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 like, if you don't already know by now, I'm just going to let me just answer that for you before you even go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so, so true. What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? So for today's big idea, I want to talk about how to have a successful relationship when both partners have a dominant type A personality, Uh, both competitive, uh, used to winning and getting things their way. uh, And, you know, really, really, really uh, used to seeing the world through their own respective lenses. Uh, So we've both always been leaders. Uh, We've always had to work to find balance. You know, we consistently butted heads at one point. We've gotten a little bit better, uh, but it's still a work in progress in terms of finding balance every single day uh, to come together and recognizing how to share leadership uh, and get things done uh, as a team. Uh, so it, it, it's definitely something that's critical to building a successful relationship. Yeah, I um, definitely agree. I don't think all leaders have to be type A. You know, mm-hmm. I heard something really powerful at the conference this week um, that when you are soft spoken, people have to lean in to listen. And so I thought that that was really profound, you know, so type A's are like, you know, yes, high achieving, go get them, impatient, do it now, you know, kind of, they, you know, stress other people out, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so um, when you have two of those personalities going, you know, together, it definitely can be a challenge. You know, I think one of the things, one of the um, funny things, so, you know, we go live, as you know, every Thursday on our Successful Marriages Facebook page to recap the podcast. And so recently when we did that, our daughter was on with us in the comments and she was saying, 
um, you know, how it seems like we're always arguing, you know, um, at dinner. Like we talked about the Angry Chew episode, but she's like, when are you not doing that? Or at what restaurant should you not have to go back to, to, you know, redo it? And I think that sometimes it seems like we're arguing when we're not arguing. Like, you know, we're just like in heavy debate because you and I are both pretty intense, aggressive, high achieving, you know, personalities. Um, And so for those who aren't like that, it's like, oh my gosh, there, you know, our youngest son says all the time, he's like, I don't know how y'all are still married, you know, (laughs) but it's just like, what, were we just talking? Like, what's the big deal? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. But you know, but that being said, so no, we're not always arguing. However, that's why we have a fight of the week because we are also often arguing um, mm. because we're both, you know, committed to our way. Yeah. So nobody is docile in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Simply does not exist. But uh, I, I think uh, kind of as we consider this idea, uh, there are definitely uh, four different things that I think we have gotten a little good at that I think have benefited us that we want to share with you uh, that can be a positive in helping you better navigate your relationship if you and your partner both have a dominant type A personalities uh, within the context of relationship. Uh, And the first thing to be mindful of is this idea uh, that compromise is not the same thing as losing. Uh, So we often get into this tug of war uh, where we're pulling the rope and nobody wants to uh, give in. But understanding that, you know, dropping the rope is a good thing and that if you compromise, it's not the same thing as having lost something, uh, but it's just making a different stand. Uh, And I'm I'm reminded of this uh, story I've heard often about two lions uh, walking across one single steel beam. Uh, about 10,000 feet elevated above the earth uh, and they come face to face and they immediately uh, recognize after trying to go around each other and, and trying to, uh, you know, fight it out, uh, recognizing one of us has to yield in order for both of us to be able to go forward. Uh, and so compromise is critical, critical uh, to your relationship going forward. Someone was asking me um, after the vow renewal, it's like, oh, what's what's the secret to your success? You know, how do you stay married 25 years? And my answer to that is always the same. Initially, I was like, keep going home, you know, <laughs> like, don't quit. Keep going home. Uh, number one. Um, and, you know, the second is mature and learn how to compromise, you know, Mm -hmm. learn somebody has to drop the rope. Um, and, and usually the person that drops the rope is the person that it's a two out of 10 for, you know, we have this, um, twos and tens, uh, philosophy that we practice, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how important is this to you um, in the scheme of life and in the scheme of things, you know? Um, And so for sometimes it's a 10 out of 10. And if it's a 10 out of 10, you know, for your partner and a two out of 10 for you, then it's your turn to drop the rope, you know, Um, and give them time to, you know, calm down, to 
um, you know, get to a better place about it or what have you, because a 10 out of 10 is not going to drop the rope at that time. Mm. Um, so the, the goal would be that, you know, there is a, um, balanced, um, level of compromise, but, um, so that it's not always one person dropping, you know, that as long as you have, um, some equity in the rope dropping, you'll look up and be at, you know, 75 years, which is our goal. Yeah. But that takes being authentic and genuine and working together. And if it's really not that big of a deal for you, don't make it that big of a deal. If it's not a 10, don't make it a 10. Yeah. So it takes maturity. Uh, The second leg of that stool is simply to calm down to calm down. Uh, Anxiety undermines intellect and stress makes people stupid. Uh, And so recognizing that you'll never get to a positive outcome in a negative way. And if you're going to achieve a positive outcome, you're going to have to calm your emotions, calm uh, yourself down to be able to embrace uh, whatever's going on and handle it in a responsible manner. Yeah, which means you have to have strategies, right, Mm -hmm. Um, for um, self-care, for de-escalation, you know, you, you've got to have a plan for how you, how to calm down. It's one thing just mm-hmm. to say it, but what do you do, you know, when you um, get upset, when you feel offended, you know, when your partner works your last nerve, um, what do you do? What's your strategy? What's your game plan? You know, do you jog? Is it music? Do you take a break? Is it breathing? Um, you know, we talk about, you know, going to bed angry, um, and the, what I consider to be a myth that you don't go to bed angry. Um, you know, because as far as I'm concerned, you basically will be up, you know, for 72 hours if you never go to bed angry. I just don't know how that's possible in a sustained relationship. There are people that would never sleep. You know, those cartoons, you know, with the eyes and you can see the red veins like, you know, I'm just like, if I don't know how that's possible. It's like, no, you you may you may need to go to bed angry. This might not be able to be resolved tonight. Um, And that's okay because we're in it for a lifetime. So everything Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be solved tonight. So you may just need to go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Is a strategy. Sleep is a strategy. Hopefully, you're not in a hotel. (laughs) Sleep is a strategy that can save your marriage. Exactly. Yes. Yes. The third leg of that stool is to recognize that you should never argue to be right, but argue for a useful solution that serves the relationship Uh, uh, that requires letting go of pride, selfish ambition. Uh, and changing the channel from uh, WIIFM to WIIFU. That's what's in it for us as opposed to what's in it for me. And this is a tough step. This is a tough step because I think uh, we always, or or more, more times than not, Uh, It's easy for us to try to protect and argue for our own positions as opposed to uh, really thinking, okay, what is the best outcome for the relationship in this situation? That takes some intentional uh, thinking and some intentional uh, uh, choice making to get there. Yeah, this is really a big one for type A's because type A's don't like to lose. Hmm. 
and how you define, you have to redefine your definition of lose, I think, in marriage and and Mm -hmm. relationships. Um, Because as you often say, you know, you can win the battle and lose the war, you know? So if you're always, um, you know, jockeying for the win or to be right, you know, you can destroy the integrity, the um, beauty of the actual relationship. You know, what you can wear, you can wear your partner down, but was mm. it worth it? Yeah. You know, you I can understand. refuse to apologize or refuse to acknowledge or, but on principle because you're right or because you actually obviously did something to, you know, offend your partner you can offer, you know, um, an apology just because, you know, obviously you did something to hurt them that, and, and that's, we assume not your intention, drop the road. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Uh, And then the fourth leg of that stool uh, is just ever being mindful that uh, your partner is there to compliment you, not compete with you and not to complete you. Uh, You are a complete individual or you should be complete in and of yourself uh, as a standalone entity. And they are there to compliment you, not compete with or complete you. Uh, and I think recognizing that uh, is a just goes a long way in breeding and engendering a healthy relationship uh, when you have that level of recognition. I like that complete not there to complete you, um, because I think sometimes, you know, when you type A's tend to have bright ideas. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least I do. I have bright ideas yeah. often. Um, and. You know, if your partner doesn't get on board with it right away, you know, you mm-hmm. can be prone to take offense, um, you know, and again, offense, right, is the first act of war Yeah, um, when you do that. So it's like it's um, you're kind of no defense. Defense is the first act of war. So you can be so taking offense or being defensive is like, okay, you're preparing for war essentially when you do that. And so, you know, it's important to know that they don't have to be on board with everything you bring to the table. And it's not like an attack against you, you know, um, that some stuff is just yours. He is hers and ours. Um, and that's okay. Again, mm-hmm. if you're always fighting, um, to win, you will lose. Yes, 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 yes. So the four things to keep in mind, again, compromise is not the same thing as losing. Uh, number two, calm down. Anxiety undermines your intellect. So calm down. Number three, don't argue to be right, but argue for useful solutions within your relationship. And number four, remember that your partner is there to compliment you, not compete with you and not to complete you. Uh, And so that's this week's lesson. Uh, The homework this week, uh, we want to encourage you to spend time reflecting and evaluating the areas in your relationship where you may have drawn up some battle lines and determine how you can come back to the table in a spirit of compromise so that the relationship can win and not either of the individuals in it. 
Awesome. So we talk about this um, and kind of recap. You can share your reflections and reactions to the homework on Thursday, like I said, 7 p.m. Central Time at the Successful Marriages Facebook page. Um, We are going to call that an episode, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you found something useful. And if you did and you know somebody that needs to hear it, share it with your type A friends, would you? Um, Don't keep it to yourself. Thanks so much for listening. See you same time, same place next week. See you back. This is Life, Love and Leadership. The Life, Love and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.